This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Mayrip, the Middle East Report studio in Washington, D.C. Check out our website, districtsentinel.com. Bernie doing a town hall on Fox. Now that uh, pretty that disappointing. that riled you up. That well, I mean, that didn't just rile you up. That riled other people up, and he should not be doing a town hall on Fox. Uh, certainly, no, I don't think so. Certainly not during the Democratic primary, uh, in my opinion. No, and probably never. I don't see why there's ever a reason to do that kind of thing. And uh, I have a couple different thoughts on this. A couple reasons why. I my views on Fox have changed over the last few years. I used to, uh, I guess, take part in the normalization of Fox News, accepting that it exists and that it's another cable news entity that's equally as bad as these other outlets. But I think it's pretty clear now, as we've seen over the last few years, and even I think I was wrong a couple of years ago in believing this. Bill O'Reilly was doing George Tiller, the baby killer, like 10 years ago, actually has blood on his hands, has motivated people to commit murder on Fox News. Um, now that Tucker Carlson is their headliner, who's uh, ranted about really creepy underage sex and defending uh curves and saying extremely racist shit. And it was just reported today that uh, Fox News main executive has sent support to Tucker Carlson. So it's not just an instance of this one racist Fox News host. It goes all the way to the very top. This ideology is out there. It would be a much more worthwhile project to engage in trying to destroy Fox News. And there are groups doing this. There are groups who are targeting Fox News as advertisers who are trying to delegitimize the network. I think that's a much more worthwhile project than going on Fox News to try to appeal to whatever negligible amount of voters that watch Fox News that would actually be open to not voting for a raging racist Republican. And to be clear, you can be in favor of Bernie trying to reach out to Trump voters without ever appearing on Fox News. Exactly. That's not the only outlet to talk to conservatives or right. Trump voters. The, the the conservatives that watch Fox News are more than likely uh, not watching for anything other than confirmation bias. And they're not... Very few of them are going to be uh, the, the sort of swayed and say, oh my God, these these uh, look at these remarks from Bernie Sanders. But what's going to happen is... It legitimizes Fox News. It's going to boost ratings. A lot of people want to. It's going to boost advertising it, it, yeah. dollars. Advertisers don't want to don't want to put their money on a Tucker Carlson's show at nine p.m. or whenever it airs. If you look, he doesn't even ha he has like three ads that air on his show. The rest are Fox News promos. The 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 network is probably at this point losing money on Tucker Carlson's show as a result. But now they get Bernie in that time slot at this time and probably be able to sell more ads. So. Yeah, Bernie is lining the pockets of of fascist Fox News, uh, and I don't. I think it's completely unnecessary. I don't see any benefit he gets. And even if he even if he is able to speak to you know a couple thousand voters that might be interested, we're still a year and a half out from the goddamn election. And are we going to expect that those voters who are still tuned into Fox for the next year and a half are going to be still on board with Bernie once Fox realizes he might actually win? He, he shouldn't be 
entertaining the idea of going on Fox until the general election. And even then, he probably should not do it. Like, didn't we all a couple months ago or a year ago settle on this idea that the way to win in 2020 is not to appeal to Trump voters or centrists, but to try and bring new voters into the fold, young voters who haven't ever voted before, minorities who've been disenfranchised from the system who have never voted before? You know how many of those people watch Fox News? None, okay? Barely fucking any people are going to be watching Fox News. Well, if you are a professional contrarian who has been writing off of a story that you wrote in 2014 <laughs> or a hack uh, academic careerist in Australia who never does any organizing work or isn't involved in any movement politics but just sits there and opines to defend fucking creeps and racists and going on Fox News, yeah, uh, that, that then... Yeah. You might think, wow, Bernie, this is a great idea. But most of us uh, on the left, actually on the left, are, are not very thrilled by this yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I tweet out, I don't think Bernie should go on Fox News. And I get 100 people calling me a lib as though defending Fox News makes you to the left of me or something like that. Oh, no, no. But the, now the Trump voters are, uh, they just, they see the liberal media for what it does. And therefore... <laughs> The Fox News is where you have to make... Sorry, I'm, I'm confusing our internet arguments here. It's okay. It's okay. A, a web of subtweets. Uh, speaking of Twitter drama, you got into it with Nate Silver today from the official account? I would not say I got into it. I just sort of got mad at him. He didn't really respond. He was just being a snob about uh, DC sports fans who, uh, referring to the national fans, uh, Nationals fans that booed Bryce Harper. And he was talking about being a Rangers fan and how he sat at the, uh, uh, I guess it was Verizon Center back then during a playoff game and no one was rude to him. <laughs> and that was just more revealing uh, because he was obviously in the club level or the lower level. Where everybody's uh, much more civil. Where, 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 where civility reigns. I have been going to Caps playoffs games uh, for, a, for a while and I definitely, one of my earlier memories is seeing Bruins and Caps fans fight uh, during, during the playoffs. So fuck you, Nate Silver. And by the way, uh, enjoy the Rangers in the playoffs this year because uh, they're not actually making it, you stupid piece of shit, New York fan. And uh, it's just generally some bemusement from, as, as people were noting that there's this theory that no one actually lives in D.C., that there's no one actually from D.C., and that's it's basically racist. Yeah. Because, uh, well, until recently, the majority of the city was black. And when, whenever people are like, oh, D.C. people, uh, oh, they're D.C. sports fans now? People are from D.C.? Oh, that's cute. It's just so disgusting, dude. Just fucking... Never leave New York, you piece of shit, Nate Silver. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to the newscast here in just a second. But first, a shout out to uh, comrades in Chicago. Last night, at least five DSA members uh, were elected to the city council. Yeah, there could be a sixth, too. Uh, they're counting up ballots in, in one of the races. But that's 10%. Five More than is, Republicans. is uh, 10% of the city council in Chicago. So. Yeah. We had uh, Kenzo Shibata on uh, a few months ago. And he was pretty confident that this was going to happen when we talked to him. They were headed to the runoffs, right? Yeah. And then now we've, now we've had it. All right. It is Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. 
Here's the news. More activity today out of the House Oversight Committee. The panel voted along party lines to subpoena the unredacted Mueller report, as well as accompanying evidence. Republicans complained, whining about the sanctity of grand jury evidence. They also said Attorney General Barr is going to turn it over anyway, but you really can't trust these scum wipes at all. Democrats on the committee did say they would give Barr time to hand over the report before officially delivering the subpoena, and knowing Democrats, that probably means they will somehow never actually subpoena Barr (laughs) for the full Mueller report. In other news, committee chair Elijah Cummings said a tax and accounting firm has asked for a subpoena before turning over records on President Trump. According to Politico, Cummings told reporters he had asked for the data and that the company replied saying it needed a subpoena as a legal formality. The firm, Mazars USA, came to the attention of the committee after Michael Cohen testified. The company can allegedly corroborate claims made by the president's ex-fixer on Trump engaging in widespread and blatant fraud to inflate his net worth. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell moved on Wednesday to further diminish the power of the Democratic minority in the upper chamber. In a 51-48 vote, Republicans voted to reduce the amount of time it takes to approve executive nominations. It previously required 30 hours of debate. It will now require only two hours. In a second vote, later in the day, Republicans did the same exact rule change to reduce the time to consider judicial picks. That way, Republicans can breeze through confirming more than 100 Trump judicial nominees before 2020. The changes so far do not apply to Supreme Court nominees, appellate judges, or cabinet secretaries. McConnell is pursuing this nuclear option, as it's called, since it fundamentally changes the rules of the Senate with a simple majority on strictly party-line vote. McConnell is pursuing this despite the fact that Democrats have been willing to approve Trump's nominees at a considerably faster clip than Republicans were willing to do with President Obama. Through the first two years of his administration, Trump has had more than twice as many judges confirmed than President Obama, including (laughs) that tranche of judges that were approved right before the 2018 midterms by Chuck Schumer in a deal for Democrats to be able to get back home to uh, campaign or something like that. Anyways, to to lose seats in the Senate. Yeah. Through the first two years of his administration, Trump. Oh, I did that. Also, when it comes to executive nominations, the problem isn't so much Democrats delaying confirmation as the Trump administration not putting anyone forward to nominate. Although 131 lower level executive nominations are still waiting approval, the Trump administration has yet to even nominate someone for another 140 positions. Worth noting, two Republicans did vote against the rule changes on Wednesday, Senators Mike Lee and Susan Collins. Perhaps they're uh, afraid of the future when Democrats might retake the Senate. I hope Democrats are paying attention to this maneuvering, and we shouldn't take any uh, Democrat seriously unless they commit to breaking some fucking rules. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whether it's and, and honestly, packing the court isn't even breaking rules, but no, it's not breaking some norms. I should <laughs> say some norms. You know, mm-hmm. get rid of the filibuster, pack the court, do these sort of things. You either want to win or you don't anymore. And Republicans seem hell bent on winning. It's not exactly inspiring confidence that Bernie is not uh, thrilled about the idea of packing the courts. No. It? We're really, shitting on Bernie he really today, fucking man. needs to be. He really needs to be, because guess who's going to shoot down single pair? <laughs> yeah. 
Interesting polling data released today by Gallup. A regular survey shows a majority of Americans, 58%, do not believe the country is divided between haves and have-nots. 41% of Americans do believe in a have-have-not divide. Belief in the divide was at a historical peak in 2008 when the survey showed an equal amount, 49% of Americans, believing in the have-have-not divide. So there is room for class consciousness to spike soon with the economy due for a recession sometime in the next few years. It is definitely overdue. Of note, for the purposes of 2020 primary analysis, 57% of Americans believe—excuse me, 57% of Democrats believe in the have-have-not divide. And if that's a proxy for Bernie support, that's probably good news, though 57% might not be high enough to stave off the inevitable Democratic rat-fucking. I wonder if it is enough to prevent the business plot, the second business plot after Bernie wins. I guess we'll see. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll see. I'm thinking about the uh, goddamn video coming out of the UK with the soldiers doing target practice on Jeremy Corbyn's face. Yeah, I, I think it's time for the accelerationists to get behind Corbyn and, uh, <laughs> and Sanders. Finally, someone check on vape lord lobbyist Grover Norquist because the FDA is investigating a possible link between vaping and seizures. The FDA reported that between 2010 and 2019, it received 35 reports of people, especially teens and young adults, experiencing seizures after using e-cigarettes. Now, it's known that excess nicotine can cause seizures, though it's unclear if that's what's at play here. And honestly, 35 people over nine years isn't that much. No. Uh, it, I don't know how you could really draw a correlation there, given how many fucking people are vaping nowadays. Um, so I'm not sure there's much there, but the investigation is, is underway, and the announcement of it by the FDA uh, caused tobacco stocks to tumble on Wednesday. CNBC reporting that shares of Altria which last year invested $12.8 billion for a 35% stake in e-cigarette Juul, e-cigarette maker Juul, Altria's stock fell nearly 5%. Shares of British American Tobacco dropped nearly 3%. Shares of UK-based Imperial Brands dipped 4%. So uh, to be clear, we're not talking about vaping weed. We're talking about vaping tobacco. Vaping weed is still okay, as far as we know. So in conclusion, I'm okay with everything reported here. <laughs> everything here is fine. I, I wonder what it's like uh, for the teens these days. I wonder what the, uh, and by what it's like, I mean what the anti-vaping propaganda in in the health classes, what that's like. Yeah. I mean, if I were a teen, I would be vaping weed in the bathroom all the time. Yeah. It's, it makes smoking weed so much uh, easier and undetectable. It's 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 outrageous. You can do it when the teacher's turned around. You know, <laughs> you don't true. even need to go to the bathroom. You can take a hit of the vape and just like blow it in your backpack and zip it up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know those big science desks. Oh yeah, like just, the tall ones. Just lean down, lean down, and uh, exhale under the desk. They'll never or like see you. in your desk cubby hole. Just blow it in there. Like it'll slowly seep out. Just be like, I got some dry ice in there. Teach. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Pretend you're tying your shoe, and uh, yeah. 
That music means it's time to take a little poetry break. All new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Get a haiku written for them by the two Sams. And we start with Danielle. What's in a poem? Words, sure. Syllables, those two. Also, some Sam soul. Thank you, Danielle. This is for Carl. Please don't be jealous. Just because you did not have vaping as a teen. (laughs) Thank you, Carl. And thank you to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. That'll do it for the newscast today. Thank you to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, the Middle East Report. Find it at merip.org. The newscast is back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.